previously. They knew he was gone at the end of the year, so they kind of just let him ride it out. I'm about winning fucking football games. We've had some some good conversations internally. Um, it's, it's helped us in the last couple of weeks. Continuing that process this week, it's uh, it's it's led to making the decision to move with Justin as a starter. Um, you know, we've been patient with this. Uh, we've grown with him. We're proud of Justin. Uh, he's been a great teammate from the very beginning. And I think what needs to be understood is that. Um, from Justin's side, you know, with the injury, the, the, the plan and the process that we had going into this um, was important to understand. And and then when Andy unfortunately got hurt with his with his knee, that sped the process up. That sped the plan up. And so um, I've always said from the beginning to everybody in here, to our players, coaches, to to to, to y'all when y'all ask, is that um, we'll know and. Um, he's done everything to, to show us that he's ready for this opportunity. Holy cow. Welcome, everybody, to a new episode of Bears Fans with the Brain. As with me, as always, we got our professionals here tonight, both of them, Warwick Holman and They're both speechless because <laughs> Maggie came out for the first time ever, guys, since I remember at least, and said the words that we've been waiting to hear him say all year. Justin Fields, you are our quarterback. Guys, 
What do you think about this move? And what what do you really think about the fact that Nagy two days ago or three days ago, I should say now on Monday came out and said that Dalton was still the starter. Did someone's feet get held to the fire? You want to go first with me? I'm going to defer because uh... let's let the the expert talk about it first, Warwick. Please enlighten uh, us. Well, I like the fact that he finally just named like Justin Fields the starter. The only thing with Nagy, and I hate to nitpick, and it was a win, and we're all happy. But at the same time, I'm like, why? Like, I like I like coaches like Belichick and the guys who say less. Like, cause I feel like just a couple of days ago you were saying, and Andy Dalton's still gonna be the starter. Now a couple of days later, now you saying Justin Fields is gonna be the starter, and then like everybody was saying like Andy Dalton got hurt, so you can't lose your position when you injured. I'm like you just causing more confusion. Like everybody wanted Justin Fields, they wanted to see Justin Fields. You knew that. Like I feel like the only reason Justin Fields is getting the play is because Andy Dalton got hurt. Like we will still be in the same situation. So I'm like Nagy, just say less. Say that you're happy with the win. You happy with the, the progress he showed and, and the, the right thing, the political things, right things to say as a coach and just leave it alone. Like, I'll, like, I feel like he always trying to answer all the questions and he end up not please. Like when you try to like how they always say, when you try to please everybody, you please none. Mm-hmm. So I feel like it when you just kind of say, hey, we getting better. Like say, stop telling, like saying everything and saying like what's going on in your head to me. Just take the win, be happy. They the got the young guy did great, and we gonna keep progressing and leave it at that. That's how I just feel. Yeah, JB, hundred um, percent. I feel the same way. Just less would would less would have been a lot more in right. this sense. Um, I think maybe Ted Phillips or maybe even Pace somebody tapped him on the shoulder from above <laughs> and was like, uh, "Yeah, stop with this Andy Dalton talk. <laughs> just making you and us look stupid." Yeah. Like really ridiculous. And then his press conference, which I saw, to me, it didn't need to be 24 minutes long speaking right. to less is more. But how about giving more credit to Bill Lazor we'll and it. less credit to saying, I approve this or I had the final say on this or that. Like grasping the straws, Nagy, and it's not looking good. Right, no, right. And we will definitely get to that. And I'll get into a little bit more what I think later, but we got to talk about that Lions game. Bears win 24-14. Guys, what we saw, what I saw at least, it was almost a complete um almost a complete game, I should say. I mean, it wasn't perfect. Obviously, right. they let them back in the game, but uh, you know, what do you guys really think about this? I've heard this all week is well, it's just the Lions. How much of it is just the Lions, and how much of this is is really the Bears improving as an offense in particular? Work. What do you think? Uh, oh, man. Okay, I'm t- I'm in the middle of this because it is just <laughs> the Lions. Like yeah. the Lions are not right now. They're not a good football team right now, and the Bears just basically beat them beat them up. To me, when I watch the game. And I rewatched it right before the podcast. They just just physically beat them up. And the Lions made mistakes. But it's still – it's just a game. But I'm happy that the Bears won just a two-and-two confidence. Let the young guy play. Let him feel like go out there and kind of take some bumps and bruises and make some mistakes and and fight through it. That part is positive. 
But at the same time, like, you beat a team that's 0-4. Like, <laughs> and I'm not trying to take nothing from the win because any win, whether it's ugly, if they line up and they in the NFL and you win, it's a win. Yeah. But it's just like I want to see that I want to see that improvement against a high caliber team, like a team that's more competitive. And not to, like I say, not taking nothing from away from the win. It's just that you want to see how they're gonna do against somebody that's gonna fight back, <laughs> that's yeah. gonna take punches back, not somebody just standing and took punches for four quarters. So whenever you had a a game, like a real good game, right, and you guys won and you beat a team like the Lions or somebody, like you didn't come out of that game feeling juice because you had a good game. I would feel juice, but when you get to a film on Monday, everybody else is gonna take the juice out of you, and they like, man, this is... like we <laughs> okay. just beat. Okay, you just beat back then. It was like you just beat the Bengals, or you just beat the Browns. Like, of course, you put, if you didn't have fourteen tackles and made a bunch of plays against a team that's not doing good, then we'll mess with you more on that. So you always took it in perspective. Like when you played a, a high caliber team or a team that's real competitive, yeah, that's when you really look at the stats and say, oh, I had a good game against high level talent. That's just how it goes. So my stance on that, I'm going to look at it a little bit differently because in 16, I'm sorry, 17 games, <laughs> you're going to play some high caliber talent. You're going to play some low level talent. But at the end of the day, this is still professional football and you have to play who's in front of you, yeah. whether that team is 0-4 in which the Lions are or, hey, there's a team out there that feels they should be 4-0 in the Bengals and we gave them their only loss, yep. speaking of the Bengals. So I'm – Kind of still impressed that Justin Fields and the Bears were able to bounce back in such dramatic fashion. It could have been one of those, ooh, we barely won 10 to 7. Thank God he didn't look terrible. <laughs> yeah. So I have to take a little bit of, 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 you know, pleasure in watching them have a complete, almost complete football game even if it is the Lions. Because on the flip side, if we had a loss to the Lions, they'd be like, <laughs> oh, my God, y'all – you lost some lions. Like, what are you doing? Right. Yeah. I think you have to take all of that into consideration. And, and I mean, come on. We just probably came off the, I think it's, is it the second worst statistical uh, passing game ever? I know it's one a, yard. I think that's hundred years. It's pretty close. Yeah. It's so be. for him to bounce back the way he did. And, 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 and for that offensive line, who easily in the media was getting destroyed and could have just bowed their heads down and, hey, it is what it is. I like their drive and their fight. Right. Yeah, that's exactly pretty much close to my point, JB, as usual with you. You always do it to me. I can just start going first. But, you know, you, you play who's in front of you guys, right? right? You have to play who's in front of you. And we all know, Warwick, you kind of sat on it there for a minute too, saying that, you know, if you would have lost the game, everyone would have been dogging you. Everybody would have been sitting there going, oh, yeah, you you just lost to a horrible Lions team. But when you win, they, they say the same thing. Well, it's just the Lions. Who cares, right? Wow. Well, what I'm looking for in those kind of scrub games, that's what I'm going to call them scrub games, is growth. And what I saw was I saw Justin Fields grow. I saw Darnell Mooney grow with him. But, Almost yeah. as a one-two connection. What I what I mean by that is Justin Fields had a horrible game against the Browns, and he came back and responded and didn't right. even look rattled that game. And that showing that conviction on the field, showing your heart on the field, and not 
you know, letting letting your demons get the best of you shows me that he's going to be a good caliber quarterback in this league and that he can bounce back from these kind of, you know, bad performances. So I take that as as a good thing. I take this game as a win, as a half class full kind of guy today. Um, Usually I'm, I'm on the negative <laughs> lot, but when I see my young guys develop in scrub games, I'm going to take that as a win. And you, you know, the veterans are like, yeah, it's whatever, but seeing growth of young players is what I'm looking for. And that's something that I'm really happy that I saw. So in saying that guys, we'll just get right to the next point here. So I've got a poll question up. And if you're watching, guys, make sure that you either jump on our Twitter page or our Facebook page. So the question, I'm going to ask you both guys this. Now that we know that we have Justin Fields starting, what's our biggest concern going in the Raiders game this week on Sunday? What do you think, JB? I'll let you go first. I'll give you – okay, so (laughs) I'll give you the four options I put up. I'm not just going to make you think about it. I'll aid you a little bit. So one is run defense, one is offensive line, the game plan, or the pass defense. Those are the four that I chose. And two of them, of course, is what's seesawing in my mind, which is because the Raiders do have a pretty solid pass rush. So, of course, you know how dear that offensive line is to me and how important I feel. But then, I mean, (laughs) David Clark, he's like throwing for like – 380 yards a game or something crazy like that too so i mean pass defense like like we joked about av we would have loved to have stefan gilmore oh paired with jalen johnson but too much money so yeah so ultimately i'm gonna have to go with offensive line play because i think i think we if we get in if we get after david carr yeah that'll help our pass defense so i'm gonna say offensive line what do you think warwick all right, so I don't want to sound like a broken record, but <laughs> I'll follow the same thing he said. But I'm gonna say I was gonna I was thinking the same thing, offensive line. And my reason is because I think the Bears show kind of the blueprint of what how to be successful is control, strong running game, control the clock, play action with Justin Fields, and just playing solid defense. I feel like the defense has been playing pretty good. Like, you know, they have couple hiccups missed tackles but for the most part from when I first came on the Rams game from now the defense has they showed progress that they starting to play and buying in and getting to the quarterback Khalil Mack starting to wreak havoc so the offensive line if they can't stop the pass rush or establish a solid run game that slowed the game down in in the Bears tempo that's going to be the problem because then that's when you are going to have a pass rush that's when the, the defense is going to be on the field a lot. Then that's when you're going to have rugs and those guys running, these 4-2 guys running by every play running streaks. So yeah. that's the, the offensive line is key because that they control the offensive tempo, the run game, and keeping the defense off the field. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's both good answers and both completely different from mine for once because I had a feeling you guys were both going to go that way. <laughs> and there's a reason why I'm going to go that way. I'll explain after we listen to Sean Desai talk about this Raiders offense. They also have a deep threat in rugs. They have a good running game. Josh Jacobs, what's the most difficult thing preparing for a team that isn't one-dimensional that can hurt you in a variety of different ways? I think you just answered the question. Uh, the, the, the difficulty is you're preparing for everything. Uh, and so you got to be really good at everything because this team is built, the Raiders I'm talking about, is built to uh, attack everything. You know, they can attack your edges in the run game. They can hit you downhill. Uh, Jacobs is a physical downhill runner. And uh, you guys saw it on tape. 
every week this year uh, where they're going to get their pass explosives. You know, then there's going to be points in the time where they're just going to tell Ruggs to run to the green grass and Derek's going to throw it to the green grass and he's going to go catch it. So in saying that, and this is what I thought yesterday when I put this poll question up, I've been watching this Bears defense, and guys, I am worried about that run defense. I'm telling mm. you, Hakeem Hicks went out first play last game. Yeah. The groin, we still don't know what's up with him. I didn't hear any reports today about him being able to play anytime soon, which is bad. Eddie Goldman is still conditioning, in my opinion, because if you watched him Sunday, he looked lethargic. He, he looked like he hadn't played a game since 2019, and he hasn't played a meaningful game since 2019. So I get that. But look at the Cleveland game. They got ran all over on the Cleveland game, all game. You look at Jamal Williams last week, and yeah, they he didn't go for 100 yards. I don't think anyone did now that I think about it, but he had 4.7 yards a click on the ground. He ran for 66 yards on 14 carries. The only reason they stopped going was because of the game. The way the game was being played, they were down by two touchdowns. They needed to score points, and the whole time I'm sitting there going like, why are you abandoning the run? Like, you guys were running all over them. I think the run game's a problem. Last time we played the Raiders, Josh Jacobs was a rookie. Right. Remember what he did to London. us in London? Yeah. He ran us out of the building. I'm worried about that being the same thing. Yes, I am worried about Waller. I'm worried about those guys, you know, those speedy receivers. I get that. But the run game, I feel like Gruden's going to come out and run all over us from the get-go. And that's what I think is probably going to be the biggest heel of this team for the rest of the year. Because I don't know about Hicks, and I don't know if Eddie Goldman's going to show his own self. I'm, I'm concerned. I know that secondary is a concern, but Warwick, you've been kind of saying it. They got better last week. They've been playing better. Vildor's making less and less mistakes. You know, Duke Shelley is turning into a dude who can open field tackle. I'm seeing open field tackles by these guys. I like it. They've just got to get their coverages down a little bit. So that's kind of the way I feel about it. You have a rebuttal on that, either of you. Uh, well, I'll go. I'll say the defense. I always thought, I always say that the run game is really about attitude. Like, pass coverage is a, is a little different because – it involves like everybody seeing the same thing and everybody reacting the same way and everybody knowing where to go. Run game is the same, but a lot of the run game just come down to attitude. Like you're going to hold your gap. I'm going to take my gap and I'm not going to let them get in my gap. Like, <laughs> Oh my God. Here's Mike. I Mike's just Mike. Hey Mike. <laughs> Mike. Mike said that Eddie Goldman is a kitty cat for our Spotify <laughs> listeners that are going to be hearing this tomorrow. Big kitty uh, cat. That's oh, all we got to say. The run, the run, like I was trying to say. <laughs> Mike, run, Mike does that to people. Like, you you got to understand that. Yeah, the run game is just attitude. Like, I feel like if they, they commit to stopping the run game and everybody playing their gaps and had to add to, well, we got to take something away. Like, you have to take one one thing away. And the Raiders are going to try to pound the ball with Jacob. So, at least try to take the run game away. And everybody commit to doing that. I think the Bears could actually be okay. Run game is all about assignments and gap control to me. Yeah. Like that's how the run game is always. That's how you stop the run game. That's how you play. Have a good run defense. Everybody gap control. Yeah, exactly. So then that makes me wonder. In Sean Desai's mind, is he going to flirt with that four four three hybrid? Because if he does, now you have Waller one on one, Rugs one on one, Zay Jones one on one, Hunter Renfro one on one, who's yeah. like the new Cooper Cup. Like yeah. 
that I mean, you see what I'm saying? I know you have to play chess in this situation, but with Hicks not really setting that edge, who's pretty good in run defense, where do we stand? Because now we're putting Khalil Mack. We, we're pretty much putting him in a, in a rock and a hard place now, especially Brandon Jacobs loves, loves to pound that rock. He's not afraid of contact. No, not one bit. He's not afraid of anybody. And that's, you know, that's really why I'm worried is that I remember the last time they played this team first weekend of October. I mean, Josh Jacobs, Jacobs, yeah. And it's kind of bothering me because I feel like the game's going to go the same way, except in Vegas instead of London. It's just one Mm. of those feelings I get today. But we can move on to that. So we kind of talked a little bit in the beginning about Nagy and this field situation. And I told you guys I was going to kind of wait a little bit and I'm going to chime in first of what I think about this. So I think that Matt Nagy did come up with this idea on his own. I think that he went out there and said, you know, he said he went and he spoke with everybody in the organization. They had a group meeting and they let everyone talk, but it was Nagy's way of getting out of his own issue because Nagy put himself in this corner and Nagy is the one who made this whole thing happen. So I feel like the only way he could get out of it is by making the team involved because he knew he made mistakes. And I don't think he even realized that until probably Tuesday or Wednesday because he came out Monday, guys, and said this, said that Dalton was the starter no matter what. And then literally two days later came out and said that. Do I think his feet were held to the fire? No, but I think it was in the back of his mind. And I think the hairs in his neck were standing up knowing that this was going to be a problem and it wasn't going away and he had to address it. So that's the best situation he could come up with. What so are you saying he scapegoated himself? I think he scapegoated himself. Yeah, that's what I was saying. <laughs> and he used the team to do it and his coaches. Yeah. And he's making it like it was his idea. Exactly. And he's going to take the credit for it. But in reality, it's not. It's really just him scapegoating out of it. That's just the way I, I see Nagy now. He's smart by doing it that way. But he's got everybody speculating against him now because of that. Just because you came out Monday and said those things, guys. And it's something that really bugs me. So that's my take on that. You don't have to agree. Usually people <laughs> don't. Mike again in here saying that Nagy's a great person. Like, thank you for that as usual, Mike. So anyway, <laughs> anyway, staying on Nagy a little bit more, I got to hear your guys' opinion about what he said about Bill Lazor because I have one too. Coach Lazor has done an amazing job at, at really helping to get this process going, uh, just the whole thing in general. Um, I, I just he makes my job as a head coach a heck of a lot easier and and that I appreciate it's been awesome with that uh, the same with coach flip uh, working with the quarterbacks and, and so there you know when you're developing guys young guys like like Justin and, and others you know dealing with Andy and Nick and, and different veterans you need that as a head coach you got to have those guys support you and and Bill has been phenomenal so uh, I appreciate that so There's some layers to this to me. And just before we get into it, guys, I've already getting text message questions for later on. So, guys, if you want to text message us asking questions, there is a number underneath that that little ticker down there. It will pop up. Please text the number for your questions. And later in the show, we're going to take one. So anyway, back to the Bill Lazor comments. Uh, You guys want to go first or you want me to? I mean, 
I'll go. I mean, I'll talk first. <laughs> I don't have no problem talking. talking about Nobody, anybody. So, <laughs> all right. I'll make it easy on you guys. So, Sunday after the game, he avoided this like like the plague. He wouldn't say anything about who called plays, whatnot, until he finally, at, at the end, you know, just said, oh, Bill did a good job calling plays. Why didn't we hear this Sunday? Why why can't he just come out early and say these kind of comments and just build up all this anticipation for everybody wondering, 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 and then just flat not talking about it, but then coming out days later and giving him all this mild, you know, amazing praise. Again, I think it's Nagy figuring out in his head these past couple days what he's been doing wrong and maybe trying to fix what he did wrong just by subtle hints in there. That's 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 my take on this. I, d- I don't really see it any other way. Like, it's just Nagy trying to write his ship that he sank. <laughs> uh, which I, that's what I was saying earlier. Like, if he just – I just feel like he needs to say less. Like, just – Less like, is more. Right. Like, being a head coach and coaching and having an offense and a defense and special teams all – playing as one and coaching staff in different parts. That's all. That's already a difficult job. Let's just say like being a head coach is difficult. It's not like you just, you just get to sit up there and like old school, some of the old school coaches where they were just like the head figure, like most head coaches got a lot on their plate, but I just feel like he just always like says something one day, then everybody jump on him. Then he had to correct that and say something different. Like everybody knew, Bill Lazer called plays. Like, you could just tell the way the game was flowing. Like, that was just a different game. Like, most people, and most people, especially hard, diehard fans, they know everything about the team. They they know when it's a different game plan. Like, all he had to do was come on, like I said, just give Bill Lazer, like JB said, give him his credit. Yeah. Like, he did a great job. I handed it over him. Like I said the first time, if you don't want to lose your team and you want to be a good head coach, they always – show that they'll make a mistake and they, they'll stand in front of the team and say, hey, I made a mistake. Yeah. That's what always make people like, okay, I'll play for this guy. Or I, I'll run through a brick wall, like they always say, for this yeah. guy. Yeah. Not when the guy, when you be when you sitting there like, man, we know you didn't have no choice or we know that they made you have to play Justin Fields. Like, players know a lot of stuff too. Like, like we, Rex Grossman is our quarterback? Maybe. Yeah, like. <laughs> <laughs> right. And I like everybody, you know like, everybody knew Andy Dalton was just, there until Justin Fields was able to play. Like that's yeah. I think even Andy Dalton know that. Like so you don't have to do all that like playing chess with with the media and all that. Say less. Like just say hey, you gonna see like that's why I say Belichick does it the correct way. He don't never have to. He don't never paint himself in corners because he don't never say anything. Mm-hmm. Even the guy, even the guy the head coach of the Spurs same way. Like they know like yeah. don't never paint yourself in a corner because you are gonna have to answer all these questions. It's a distraction. Just like everybody know what happened. Like, and now it's like you couldn't go back to Andy Dalton. How could you when the team basically showing like they behind Justin Fields now? Yeah. Which okay. is like is is we are everybody knows what you're doing. Like, why not just give people the credit, say we want, and move on to the next game? So I'm kind of torn because Andy Dalton to me just became like a dismissed stepchild like (laughs) i don't know because if you go on twitter and look people are praising him up and down right now no he's doing and saying the right thing (laughs) three weeks ago oh god or four it was justin can wait it's my time now yeah you know let's not forget that was like a thing but Nagy. 
he had to give Laser his credit because, like you said, War, the whole world was wondering <laughs> yeah. where was this at before? Where has this been? Oh, somebody else be, must be calling the plays. So that accompanied with uh, Alan, you saying that he scapegoated himself. Nagy is either like bipolar or he's a freaking <laughs> genius. I'm actually thinking that he was abducted by aliens and his body was switched over. Or he had a brain transplant. Because <laughs> convinced it's one of the two. I am because it's like when you say night and day about a person switching. You know that doesn't really happen in professional sports, right? No. You're normally forced. You get a call. Hey, play this guy. You get a call. Don't play this guy. We're trading this guy, whatever the case may be. But when you have a complete 180, it's like, wow, who's really making the calls now? Is Nagy a puppet? Because I haven't seen, you haven't heard Pace say anything, right? And you won't. You won't, but it's almost like he blah, 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 blah. And that was like, oh, let me clean that up. So going forward, Justin Fields is like his whole aura and demeanor just changed in two days in two days so either he figured it out and he had to come to jesus moment and he finally looked in that big mirror he has in his office (laughs) and realized that the wise were him or he had his foot held to the fire and he that's what a lot of people are saying but i'm still gonna stick with Nagy. just he figured out a way to get out of his own hole he figured out a way, and you know what? Good for you if that's the case. Right. If it's the other way, I'm concerned, and right. he's probably not going to make it through the season, guys. Right. So we'll move on a little bit off of that. Let's talk about Justin Fields a little bit, and I got a clip about what he thinks about his leadership. This is a good one. Justin, mm-hmm. knowing today that you were the starter not only Sunday but going forward, does that affect the way you lead your teammates? Um, you speak with a little more authority today than you could have two or three weeks ago. I think, you know, just because I'm a starter doesn't mean anything. Um, I think, you know, our whole team kind of knows who our leaders are. And just because they're starters or not, you know, um, they can still speak up. So we have those leaders on the team where um, just the way that they work, the, the way that they uh, carry themselves on and off the field, uh, they, they also have, you know, um, that leadership role on the team. But, of course, you know, I'm, being the quarterback, you can pretty much say whatever you want, like just – you don't have to really put uh, other players, I guess, feelings um, in account because, I mean, at the end of the day, I feel like if, if you're worried about, you know, hurting somebody's feelings, then you're not going to tell them the truth. And if you're not going to tell them the truth, then that's not getting anybody better. So um, when you're correcting somebody or when you're trying to, you know, uh, tell something to your teammate, you can't really uh, take their feelings into account because, um, you know, uh, that, that doesn't matter. Uh, win- winning matters. So, um yeah, I guess you could say that. Oh, my God. Somebody in this organization is going to start holding people accountable. <laughs> That's a massive win. I got to say, guys, that just hearing those words out of his mouth got me pumped, got me excited every time I hear him because we haven't had that. Jay Cutler, remember him? Eh, whatever kind of guy. Mitch. Mitch was a soft voice. You know, nobody really took him serious, I don't think. Deer in the headlights. Deer in the headlight kind of thing because he couldn't even figure himself out. So how was he going to help anybody else figure them out? You know, accountability, it's massive. What do you guys think about that interview? I mean, good Lord. I'll go first on this one. (laughs) 
you would think he's been playing in the league for you. You would think he was a 10, 12 year vet. I saw a lot of maturity in just those, just those three sentences that he had with the beginning accountability for such a young player. He's showing poise. He's showing growth. And that's the, those are the signs that get that C, you know, on your Jersey. And I really, really appreciate that him at such a young age, he's coming off really unbothered. You know, and I like that in a, in a in a in a roundabout kind of funny way. I just heard him say R E L A X, relax. <laughs> That's what I just heard him say, and I love it. Moving forward, you know he's gonna have his bumps and bruises, right? But if he's right up here, all that other stuff will come. Yes, agree. And so, just so everyone knows here in the chat. We have a Facebook user here asking Warwick a question. We'll get to the question, but I have to tell you guys, if you're on Facebook, go to StreamYard backslash Facebook and register so we know who you are. Please, please do that. Or you can go to our YouTube pages, Chicago Clubhouse Podcast or 1252 Sports Entertainment. So, Warwick, sorry to cut you off there. What do you think about what Justin Fields said? I like it. I like it, especially as a young guy. It's basically like he understands what position he plays. He's a quarterback. Like, I'm sorry, like certain position, point guards, you know, pitchers in baseball, a quarterback in football, they're going to be a leader just because of the position they play. Yeah. So the faster they understand that and start living and practicing and talking, like talk like a leader, like we can see the opposite. And I hate to talk about my guy, but he another AM guy, Johnny Manziel. Oh man! So you take a kid like right. you take like a man, a Manziel, and he coming to a team and already acting like he a leader, but he don't talk it. He don't talk like a leader, and he don't act like a leader. Exactly. God. Like Justin Justin Fields comes from a a great program, Ohio State, where they groom him to be superstars and NFL players. Like they, even Georgia, right? Even Georgia, yeah. I, big time. He's been a big time recruit. He he knows what to say. So and. That's how you win veteran respect. Like, that's how you win players over. When we look at a guy like, okay, he's young. We know he's going to make mistakes. We all make mistakes. I don't care how long you be in the league. You're going to make mistakes. But I have a guy that stamped there and said, hey, I'm going to get better. I'm going to work for y'all. And and, I, and sometimes I'm going to have to chew you out. But I'm doing it because I want us to get better. And then when I mess up, you can chew me out. That's how you gain your the locker room and the respect. And, well, guys, that's how you do it. That's the right way to do it is you come in humble, but you work. But you also you like I'm humble now because I'm still learning. But I want to be the leader of this team, and 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 we see that like players see that, like you you leading men, you leading gladiators into battle. You have to be a guy where they trust that. All right, I'm gonna follow this guy. Like I'm gonna listen to this guy. I'm gonna give this guy a chance. And to me, he's doing the right things. Yeah, absolutely, he is. And in saying he's doing the right things, it kind of leads to my next question for you guys. So now that he's the starter, no more questions. No more bullshit from Nagy. What do you think he and this offense have to do for him to have a successful 2022 season Ooh. the rest of this year? <laughs> it's a big one. I'll say I'm, I'm ready for this one. He's gonna have to <laughs> he's gonna have to prove that he could win games. Like Detroit game, they won, but I feel like the out the run game, Montgomery won that game. By running the ball, controlling it, keeping the chains moving, two touchdowns, even though he got hurt. Sorry to hear that. Glad it's nothing serious, but he's going to be back. But I feel like Justin Fields going to have to get into one of those games, and it might be this weekend. 
where the run game ain't going to be as productive and he's going to have, they're going to actually have to run the offense through him and he's going to have to make big throws, third down conversions, which still wasn't that good this game. If you look at third down conversion, it was still low. Yeah. So that's why I say like, that's, and that's why I was saying at the beginning, like, I'm happy we won against the Lions, but it, when you look at it, like, uh, it was still some stuff that to beat those the competitive teams and the good teams. You have to, you cannot have a low third down conversion because you putting your defense back on the field. And I, this is an interesting stat that I looked up that the Lions was inside like the ten yard line like three times and didn't get not one point. Mm-hmm. So just say they got three field goals, that's nine points. Not yeah. looking to score the game and what type of game we in. Right. They didn't score three times inside the ten yard line. I think I wrote it down actually. They didn't run the ball. They had like two. T- they had like two fumbles and one turnover on downs in the third. Inside in the ten yard line. Yeah. All you had to do is just if you just don't get a yard, you could kick a field goal and get three points. So that's why I say like stuff like that is like that's the stuff I look at. Like I love wins, but I'm also the guy. I'm also the guy that's always gonna be like like I said. You never as good as people say. You never as bad. Yep. So I'm like, I love that we won. I take an ugly win, a pretty win. I don't care as a win. But being realistic, like it's stuff that we got to clean up. And teams, okay, we know we can run the ball, but at some point they're going to make Justin Fields have to win the game with his arm, not his legs, with his arm. He's going to have to make some checks. He's going to have to recognize some blitzes where they ain't going to be able to block everybody and he's going to have to know who to get the ball to. And he's gonna to make he's going to have to make big plays coming. And I think that's going to be real soon. Works wisdom. Start calling it. Works wisdom. Never too high or too low. Hey, love that. So I'm gonna go a little bit deeper because I don't feel Justin's success it can be measured by wins and losses right now. Right. Yeah. But the maturation process and seeing so levels of adversity. Nine sacks, that's a pretty high level of adversity to come back from. But let's see how he plays in that tight game when you have a minute and 27 seconds to go 50 yards to score or to put us in field goal position to win. Let's see how his how he reacts then. Then I think I can decide whether he and the Bears would have a successful season because as it is right now, they're not set up to even be 500. And 500 this year would be nine and eight. No longer eight and eight. It'd be nine and eight. Yeah, that's a tall task. Not saying it can't happen because you'll always have those games where it's like, okay, wait a minute now. Two and two. We win two more games, lose two more games. We six, you know, four and four, six and six, so on and so forth. So I'm not saying it can't be done, but I will say he'd have to lean on the defense a lot more until they get a little bit more continuity. Offensive line play, I heard good things that, you know, about Tevin Jenkins probably returning soon, which could help solidify that line that we were looking for, if that is the case, that gives Justin a little bit more protection, which is needed. He gave him a little bit more time. He met, you see, he's, he's pretty, pretty good on that deep ball. Yeah. Intermediate deep throws. He's pretty, oh, yeah. pretty good on it. He's cash money in that. So if we give him time, that will help the success rate. In so turn, it will help the success rate of the team. So you heard Tevin Jenkins was coming back. So I was listening to somebody's radio show and they said that, <laughs> Okay. He, that they expect him to play this year. And yes. he would be on the pup, which would be next That's week would be six. six. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Well, yeah. See, I actually had someone ask me that on the Facebook um, Bears fans page today is uh, if they'd heard anything. And I didn't think we'd hear anything till at least week six. But 
from what I've heard, that injury, it is a minor surgery, but it's still your back. So I I wasn't thinking to see him until maybe mid to late November, maybe December. Just on, so, you know, him being a young guy, that's obviously going to help him. That's that's probably what it is that he's a little ahead of schedule because he's so young. And he seems like he's a worker anyway, so he's probably busting tail to get back. So I just had to ask that because I heard that. And I was like, where did you hear that? But mm-hmm. anyway, so what I think about that is what I really think it is for Justin to have a successful year is consistency. Consistency with play calling, especially not letting this happen, not letting Matt Nagy be you, not giving him those plays back. Don't give him play calling back. Let guys, they ran the ball 39 times Sunday. The first play out of the gate was a jumbo single back up the middle. I said it on Fat Mike's show last night. That is Bill Lazor coming out and telling them, I'm not running that crap. I'm not running that game plan. You better be ready to get pounded all day long. Up the middle, down the side, all over. They ran all over them. You know, kind of like what JB said. It's, you know, using the run game. Yes, he needs to mature. He needs to grow. He needs to make throws. Yes, but using that as an aid for him to help him grow and even using him in the run game a little bit to get him loose, you know, get those chains moving, get the first downs. That's what I really think it's really going to help him. And then using play action off of that to get those big throws downfield for him. Cause those are his strengths, getting out of the pocket, getting on the side, throwing those deep throws, play action, you know, don't keep him in the pocket all the time with seven step drops, because you know, as well as I do, when he was in college, that was one of his knocks is he held the ball too long. And remember that fumble Sunday, he held the ball too long. That running back checked out on the flat and he could have hit him earlier. He should have immediately looked and went, there's my decision. Go. Mm -hmm. He's going to pick up those easy five live to play another down. And that's something that he hasn't learned yet because that internal clock in his head is not working there yet. He's going to get there. He will, but it's going to take time. So anyway, off of that, we're going to get to the next segment, our Nick and Ivy questions of the night brought to you by Nick and Ivy. Hello, this is Paul from Nick and Ivy Brewing Company. We are located at 1026 South State Street in historic downtown Lockport, Illinois. We are very excited to be partnering up with the Fat Mike Chicago Sports Show as well as the 1252 brand because we are one of the few Chicagoland breweries that embrace sports and sports culture. Come in for a fresh brewed beer made right here in Lockport while catching the game of your favorite team. Stay for the live music that we have booked every weekend or just come for a cozy atmosphere to enjoy a good conversation with a friend, loved one, or complete stranger. Nick and Ivy makes you feel right at home no matter what the occasion is. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook by searching for Nick and Ivy Brewing Company. Visit our website for our up-to-date tap list or to go shopping on our online store at nickivybrewing.com. That's N-I-K-I-V-Y brewing.com. Come in today for a fresh brewed beer born and raised in Lockport, Illinois. And that was from Nick and Ivy, guys, again, down in Lockport. Get down there. Fat Mike's coming Packer week. They just got the Fred Hubner IPA. I'm telling you, Locktoberfest. Oh, my Lanta. I can't even get over that. I got to get back there to get some of that Locktoberfest because I couldn't stop drinking. I bring it up every show just because it, it was that good. It was like it was at work. You wouldn't want to leave this place. I'm telling you. Whenever you finally get back to Illinois, whenever that may be, 
we will take you there for one, man. I promise you on the house. I will. Buy I, me- I remember you talked about it last podcast. Oh. it's so good like i can taste it just talking about it (laughs) but anyway so back to our questions of the night i have the first text message question from uh, mr michael lange thank you buddy you've opened the floodgates for the world now guys please i couldn't get anybody to call i understand why Text me at least and get some <laughs> questions in for these boys, man, because they, they are dying to hear it. So right, we're going to stick with the QBs. And I'd have to look up these numbers just to make sure that they're justifiable. But Michael asks, how can the Bears justify paying $18 million for backup QBs? And there's a lot to unpack Ooh. with that question. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, I'll just let you two ponder that and I will – just jump in the rear right there and I'll tell you how. So it is basically Ryan Pace not having full autonomy over the salary cap. You know, um, the reason we're in this situation is because he drafted Mitch Trubisky and he couldn't get out of it. So he just right. kept trying to find easy fixes to get out of it. Nick Foles, Andy Dalton. When they got Andy Dalton, they didn't know necessarily that they were going to get Justin Fields. A lot of us speculated on it, but nobody really even knew. But I would say that, you know, the reason that they're in the situation in the first place is Ryan Pace. So he's the reason why, you know, it's not justifiable, which that's an indictment on Pace. So if you're looking for a, a quick, easy answer, there really is none. It's just. You can't justify it, man. You can't justify the fact that they paid Andy Dalton $10 million. You can't justify the fact that they traded a fourth-round pick for Nick Foles and got nothing in return but a busted playoff game from Mitch Trubisky, who they went back to. They just kept him in for, what, how many games did he play last year? Six? Seven? I'm not 100% sure on that. I'd have to go look. But, you know, it's, it's not justifiable. Right, this right. this front office is a problem. It's been a problem because Ryan Pace continues to just try to kick the can down the road. And Robert Quinn, thank God Robert Quinn is showing himself now. Thank God he's back. But you lost Kyle Fuller because he had a $20 million, you know, hit this year and he wouldn't he wouldn't cut it in half. And why would he? I wouldn't either. I don't blame him. You're not going <laughs> to give up 10 million to play on this team. Nah. This isn't this isn't this isn't a Super Bowl team. Why would you do that when he knows his old coach, Vic Fangio, is just down in Denver? He can go there. He can he can take his money from here. He can go there and pay for the coach that he loves, you know, and it's it's just a hundred percent not justifiable. Ryan Pace, yes, you have made good moves, but Ryan Pace at the end of the day, you are not the GM for this team. That's just my opinion. Well, I'm gonna say is they, you never like in the NFL, you got to prepare what you have and you have to like what what do you have? What cards you have in your hand right now? You can't think about who we're going to draft next year or what position we're going to be in next year. I think a lot of those moves just made. Like you said, Trubisky, they knew that they messed up and they was trying to fix it. They was just at least trying to find somebody that's going to come in and just keep the keep the keep the team afloat, like keep the at least keep the boat going in the right direction. Yeah. So yeah, they paid him and. Andy Dalton is a starter, a veteran. He's going to command a certain amount of money. Like, they know that. Like, quarterbacks always, you know, quarterbacks just demand a certain amount of money. So, 
yes, it, it, when you look now that you have Justin Fields and you have these two guys, you're looking like, man, we don't need those guys. But what if what if Justin Fields came out and what didn't do anything or got hurt in training camp and not you would need Andy Dalton now? We'd yeah. be looking at Andy Dalton like he's thank you, thank you. We'll take thank whatever you give us. So yeah. so they always got to protect themselves. Like it just and that's just part of the business part of the NFL. Yeah, the, that's the upper level. Like we used to say, that's above my pay grade. That's what <laughs> they do. They crunch the numbers, we play. So, yeah, you look at it like, man, this guy making ten million, don't even get to play. But it's the way this the team is structured, and they have to take what cards they have at the time. Yeah. So I'm gonna play devil's advocate on two points with that. One, a famous coach once famously said, "If I'm gonna cook the meal, let me buy the groceries." <laughs> right. Same we right. we know John Fox was the quarterback where Ryan Pace drafted Mitch Trubisky and John Fox publicly said I had no idea that that's who they were getting. He didn't say we, he said they. Right. With that being said, that tells me that Ryan Pace is like Nagy in a sense where he thinks he's the smartest guy in the room. So now, how much of that success that he got credit for in uh New Orleans now you kind of see, okay, he's just kind of throwing stuff at the wall to see what sticks. And then you get caught in a situation where you don't have enough assets to get what you really need right. moving forward. Now, I'll say this. The Mitch experiment was what it was. Nick Foles was basically trying to catch lightning in a bottle. Right. You get rid of Mitch. You kind of got to keep – Nick Foles because you're kind of contractually stuck with him, but then you give Andy Dalton, who's coming off a not-so-great campaign in Dallas. So now you kind of got two subpar, older, high-priced quarterback backups. Yeah. Then you have the 20th pick. So you're not, you, you know, you're kind of like in no man's land because I was hearing reports that the Bears, like back in the day, like were interested in Kellen Mond and were interested in um yeah, you're a Texas A&M guy, right? Or, right. Yeah. And um, I did a lot of film on him because I thought that too, JB. Yeah, because a lot of people did not expect <laughs> Justin to fall that far. <laughs> no, no. So it's like, you know, the same thing that make you love him, make you cry. Because right. you have no choice. It's like, dang, this guy is here. We need a quarterback. Right. Damn, now I got to bet some more of the already depleted farm yeah. to go ahead and get him. And now you see what it is. So, again, that leads back to the success is not just on the people that play in the end at the end of the day. Right. Well, you and if Pace can't, if he can't, I, I'll say this. If he goes into next year as GM, expect more of the same. He will. He's still got one year in that contract unless he does what I think they're going to do and they're going to make him football president. He's going to go up. And then he's going to hire his guy underneath and Nagy's going to stay. And they're going to use Nagy as an excuse to, oh, he has to develop Justin Fields now because Justin's going to ball out. He's going to ball out. Like, there's no debate to me about that. Just seeing how he played and how he responds to things and how he grows every game, he's going to play and he's going to get better. And Nagy's going to benefit from that as long as Nagy stays away from everything play calling. Everything. <laughs> Just sit your ass on the sideline and watch the game, make those adjustments during the game, rah-rah your team, and 
right. win. That's the only way Nagy keeps his job anymore. But do we need a glorified HC slash hype man? I mean, basically, that's what he is. <laughs> if you really think about it, he's boom. He's that guy. You know, he's the rah rah guy in the locker room when they win. <laughs> he's the one partying, having club dub. And I mean, maybe those players respond to him that way. You know, maybe other players see him and they they think this is a fun environment. I'm more of a guy where. I would rather have a more aggressive coach that's going to hold people accountable. But maybe with Nagy not buried in the playbook and not so worried about the play calling, it frees him up to make people more accountable. And that's my hope for him going forward. Hmm. So we have another question here from Fat Mike. Oh boy. Brace yourself. Hey, I know already. Now I'm used to him now. Hold on. (laughs) It's not as bad as you think. So he asked, How soon? How soon do you see a turnaround with the Chicago Bears to where they can become an above 500 team again? So I got a quick answer for this, and it's not this year. It's not. It's really not. I don't see this team going anywhere but downhill. As much as I hate to say that because I'm a Bears fan, guys, I don't see this team even being over 500 this year. I picked them at six. I was talked into seven by a few people. I can see six or seven. I don't see over that. Not with the schedule, especially with the schedule, you know. But I would say after this year, you're going to see a massive turnaround, obviously, with the defensive side of the ball. Mm-hmm. You've got Jalen Johnson's going to be on his third year. He's he's a second-round pick, so he doesn't have the five-year tender. You're going to have to pay Roquan $100 million, five years. You're going to have to. If you want to keep that guy, you're going to have to pay him. Akeem Hicks, you've got a big debate with him, but he's aging. He's over 30. He's on the wrong side of it. And obviously he has durability issues Right. and he's not getting any better. He was playing great. I'm not going to pretend like he wasn't. He was playing really well. And I think it was because of that. It's because he had a contract here and he knew it. But there's just so much turnaround that I see from this team on the defensive side of the ball. Maybe they're going to start focusing on the offensive side of the ball. Maybe next year getting some offensive linemen, maybe trying to build around Justin instead of building around the defense. And, you know, Bilal Nichols, that's another guy on the defense I didn't think about. You're going to have to pay Bilal. He's having a great year. He, I think he's around 28 or 27. I'm not 100% sure. you got to pay him. So what exactly are you going to see this defense do next year that's going to surprise you? I mean, they're slowly trailing downhill, in my opinion, especially against the run. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got to sure up the secondary. You've got to pay Roquan, and you've got to have a front line. How are you going to do that with when you still have to pay these guys? It's going to be through the draft. I don't I don't think it's coming until at least at least two years from now. Whenever Arlington Heights is finished, maybe that's when it happens. Maybe that's three years from now. I'm not sure they haven't put that out yet, but I would say probably at least two years from now. So let me answer Mike in a different way. I say next year and I'm going to tell you why. Oh, oh yeah. I love we love Tonga. Hey, Kurt. We yeah. love Tonga. Kurt, we are all fans <laughs> of him. And he is the guy that I think can help the run game get better, but he's got to get better at penalties. Well, and Mike is Mike. We don't need to talk about <laughs> But I'm going to actually say next year because now I'm looking at the NFC North as a little NFC least-ish. Yeah, okay. No, no, hey, no Rodgers next year. I see where you're going. Probably no Cousins next year. 
I could see the Bears kind of limping into winning the North, the uh, NFC North crown. Okay. Now, is that what we want to hear? Like, okay, we we just want it because we're better than the worst of the worst. No. Yeah. But that's kind of where we have to stand if we're looking for immediate success. It'll be success by default because two of the major players in the division most likely won't be there next year. Yeah, that's a good point. I didn't really think about that. I didn't think about other people. I just thought about us. <laughs> so you might be right. But this might be a division, just like you said, JB, NFC least. Remember that NFC least, I think a team got in with six or seven wins, didn't Come they? That's, that's not above 500. It's not. If you won win. the division. Right. Yeah. Right. So unless they unless they go 6-0 and oh against the division, <laughs> I don't know if that's going to be a, be the case, you know? What do you think, Warwick? Yeah, I'm with you with like maybe like two years because next, like at the end of this year, they are gonna have to make some changes and kind of let cut some strings because, like you said, age is age is always gonna be like a thing that kind of disrupts a team. Like when players start getting older, like the Bears, I feel like the Bears defense maybe like the oldest in the NFL. Yeah, like two years ago, the Bears defense was poised to be like like playing great and the offense had to catch up, but the defense was playing lights out. Like I think they didn't hit the point where like we kind of starting to age out where y'all kind of missed the window to, mm. to jump on the bears when the defense was like when Roquan was first in the league, he the 12 and four season. Right. Like that's when the bears defense was at that point where y'all, they could take them to a, a long playoff run or a Super Bowl, and the offense wasn't up to snub. Now you got a quarterback and you know, the pieces you need some more old linemen, Maybe another running – I mean, not running back, excuse me, another receiver to go along because you're going to have to figure out with Allen Robinson too. He's another one that's going to – I like Mooney. I like the Mooney Don't kid. Don't get like, me on A-Rob, buddy. <laughs> I agree. I like the Mooney kid. So I like it because, number one, that he's a young kid and he he trying to carve his own – his name. But I also like because that breeds competition where Allen Robinson going to have to start playing like because I think he didn't have as many targets as – I think Mooney had more targets than Allen Robbins in this game. So he's going to have to turn it up if he want to be the number one receiver. So offense is starting to kind of find out what they need to do to be successful. And now the defense is going to start running to, like you said, they got to play Roquan. And I say pay him. Like, <laughs> he's a, he a great young player. So you're going to have to pay him. So okay. that's, that's going to be a dilemma. Like, and Hicks. The Goldman guy, even though he'll stud, like I think Goldman's got one more year on his deal. Yeah, like he got to play first. Exactly, that's why I say like, you get the Eddie Jackson, who a lot of on the salary cap too. Eddie Jackson, Eddie Jackson has a potential out for next year. Okay, but I think he's still got two years left. That's what I say. Like a lot of them guys gonna be gone, and now you're gonna put new faces. So that's gonna take some time to gel. And Khalil, like, any, yeah, anything, yeah. So. Coming in with the Khalil Mack comment, what do you think about that? Because that boy's got a lot of money left on his deal. I think that's what you're trading him to re- to get assets in return. That's I mean, trade him though with that massive cap. I, I I'm not a capologist. I'm not going to pretend like I am. But how are you going to do that? In un, unless there's you know some stipulation where they can save money on that, that's going right. to be a ton of money that they got to give up. Especially when other, off books. Yeah, especially when other teams know why you want to trade them because <laughs> you're trying to get them off your books. So they ain't going to nah, – no, we ain't going to make it easy for no, you. I mean, you know the, the game, you always might have to eat some of it. But All right. I think it's more or less because the draft capital that we have is so low right. that you're not really looking more for 
what type of money am I getting off the books, but what type of draft capital am I getting in yeah. return? I'd be trying to franchise A-Rob again and try to throw – just give me a pick. Give me something for him. Just try to get anything at this point because this is what I wanted them to do last year. I wanted them to get rid of Nagy, get rid of Pace, and just blow it up. Blow up that defense, guys, because it's not getting any better. Yes, they're playing okay, right, but right. they're they're still not good against the run, in right. my opinion at least. They're weak in the secondary. Eddie Jackson is not Eddie Jackson anymore. Yeah. You know – What's really the point of paying these boys again and really keeping them around when you need to start building around your franchise quarterback? And fans are about to be in for a world of problem because they are so used to defense, and that's about to change. It is. Arlington Heights, it's going to be a turf. They're going to start focusing on offense. They're going to build around Justin. Fans are going to start being – very upset with defense because it's not going to be the priority that it was. You're going to have Roquan. You're going to have Jalen Johnson. Those are two massive, massive building stones on. You can have those two guys be top five guys at their position. That is a good start. Yeah, no, that's you're right. It's just, right? yeah, it's just going to, it's not going to just happen overnight. And then, no, it's not like, like that's going to be a lot of, like you said, that's going to be the capologist going to have to go in there into their dungeon. Gonna have to Nagy throw Nagy and pace out of the room and just. Do <laughs> I don't see it any other way. I mean, so I mean, but when you crunch numbers, you can. Right. Mike Tannenbaum famously said that you make it work. Yeah. Right. So whether that's extending yourself, which may hamstring the next regime, whoever yeah. takes over, you you know remember it's all about saving your job at this point too. Yeah. But we have to keep that in mind. Let's not say what they may not be able to do on paper because if they really want to save their job, they might have to get a little bit more creative than we've seen them most recently. And if our favorite player is not going, I had somebody say, man, you can't get rid of A-Rob. I mean, okay, we get rid of A-Rob. Have to. Goodwin, Mooney, one, two. Um, uh, Allen, our guy that we loved in the preseason, you bring him up from the practice squad, who's a taller receiver. Adams. Adams, of which Justin loved throwing a ball to. You know, you – you may not get the household name, but at one time, Allen Robinson wasn't a household name. You know what I'm saying? So you build. You make him a household name. That Darnell Mooney to Justin Fields connection, maybe that's the next Mahomes to Hill. I don't know. Oh, please. But <laughs> God, please. that's, that's kind of like where we're trending, though. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. No, yeah. No, I, I completely understand what you mean by that, JB. But Allen Robinson, guys, okay. I'm going to compare these two for you right now. You've got Allen Robinson has 24 targets on the year. He's got two drops, right? He's got 13 receptions for a 54.2 percentage rate, 149 yards and a touchdown, 11.5 yards a catch on that. Is that through four games, mind you? Do you think that's worth $20 million a, a, a year? No. There's no way. No, especially that's skewed because remember that Matt, just happened this past game. He was at seven point what four seven point seven like sixty some yards this game. I I think, but yeah, last week before that, he had like ten catches for like sixty some yards or something like that, or like seventy yards. Like it wasn't even close. But you got you understand that he all, he gonna have an out because he's gonna say, "Look who look at my quarterback situation." Like I'm depending on the quarterback, and I was going through it. Andy Dalton, they trying to decide, then he got hurt. Now I'm going through a rookie. So he's going to have a reason why his numbers are not right. And 
Yeah, well, then maybe he needs to instead, um, now that he's got a QB, right. spend extra time with him. Because r- reports that I'm being told is that Darnell Mooney is the one right, who's right. sticking after practice and hanging yeah. out with him and doing stuff with him, trying to build that cohesion. Right. And Darnell Mooney this year has 26 targets for 17 receptions, a 65.4 percentage completion rating, 226 yards. And obviously no touchdowns yet, but right. he's massively obviously better at, at this point. I made a bet on the Chicago clubhouse saying that I guarantee you that he's going to be better than him in catches and yards. I also said touchdowns. I'm probably going to lose that part of it, but there's, it, it's just it's, undeniable. It's still early. I think you right. it's, it is. And now that we have an actual QB who can stretch the field a little bit, maybe those numbers go up. Maybe a Rob, you know, does improve and get better, but I still don't think it's going to be twenty million dollars a year better because you have Mooney on the other side. But Mooney those are the only two receivers they have right now. Like right. you didn't see him, anyone else catching balls that game. Goodwin was kind of well, Goodwin and Bird. I'm kind of confused right now. And then you bringing in Jakeem Grant, so one of them got to go. So I feel like right now Bird is the odd man out in this situation. And honestly, I don't even. We're going to get to Grant in a minute, but I don't think Grant is on this team for that. You know, I thought for punt or kick returns. That's that's what it is. And like I said, we'll get to that in a minute. But okay. I I just see right now, I think these, you know, these speed guys are more a, of a, a decoy, basically, you know, just to open the field up a little bit to make sure they stay honest and know that these guys can really really take them deep if they want to so i would say that for now but i think that might change this week i think that goodwin might break out this week because they do have you know secondary issues on i keep wanting to say oakland on vegas vegas (laughs) yeah it just still doesn't sound right coming out but but yeah so they've got secondary issues just like we did i think they had two guys out last week and i don't think that's changed i haven't looked at their injury report but i could see a guy like godwin you know this week maybe coming out and burning one for a td or maybe just stretching the field with a guy like justin Fields. so let's all hope that's the case absolutely yeah so um I'm going to get one super fast one just because Facebook user, I don't know if you changed Facebook user, but I'm still going to ask the question to it. Warwick. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Warwick, do veterans like being told what to do by a rookie? It's a <laughs> simple answer in my opinion. Of course, yeah. <laughs> please elaborate. Uh, Wise Warwick. <laughs> I could answer that real quick. Hell no. Hell no. <laughs> hell no. Who the no. hell ever think that, no. man? Come on. No, because, because, like I say, this is this is you're not you're not like going to a job and it's like a summertime job. This is like this is real livelihoods and like real people lives at stake. So you you can't have a guy first year probably played three games, four games now, and then you have a vet that's like nine year veteran and yeah. well, I'm gonna listen to you. Like the best thing a rookie could do is come in and be quiet and just perform. I always used to tell rookies like the biggest thing you could do. And to fit in the team and don't be that guy where nobody invites you to fellas night or casino night. You always want like, oh, I didn't know y'all had casino night last night. I didn't tell you. <laughs> yeah, because we didn't want you there because you're an obnoxious rookie. Like, <laughs> like, like the, way to, the way to fit in the team and just earn your spot, earn your respect is to say less and do more. Like, yes. let your action. That's why I say Justin Field is doing it the right way. Like, yes, he's a quarterback. 
So he's going to come with a little bit, with a little bit like, hey, if a receiver run a wrong route or the lineman, he make a check and he don't, he don't do the right protection. He's going to get on them because we all going to suffer on the offense if, if I don't get you right, and that's my job. So they're gonna they'll be able to take that. That's different. It's different when you're doing your job and a rookie trying to tell you what to do. Mm. Like I say, that's what made when I played with Rosie and when Lack came in. Me and Rosie was just going into our second year. Lack was a rookie. We was in our second year. So when we all came together, it wasn't like we, me and Rosie had been in the league six, seven years and Lack come in. That would have been a different situation because now we probably would have been like, man, shut up. Like, I don't care what they say. You're you going to have to prove it to us. Yeah. He came in. We was like, come on, man. Like, we want to win. And they say you good. And you show that you got some ability. Come on, let's go. Let's try to win some games. So that's that's a different situation. But no. For to answer this question, like I said, no, a rookie can't tell a veteran what to do, and we don't like it. And that's how they end up getting hazed. And I know that's not the right thing to say. <laughs> that's, that's how they end up where they can't find it. That's where they can't find their keys. Or <laughs> <laughs> they they shoes the in the hot tub. They find their shoes in the hot tub, floating oh, in the hot tub. That's cold. <laughs> You put shoes in the hot tub? Man, they'll do anything. You'll find they'll find a helmet in the urinal or something. <laughs> do they at least like 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 reimburse them? No, reimburse them. First of all, if you're a rookie, you got money anyway. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, first of all, if, do, if, they, if they mess up with him like that, he probably like a first, second round pick. So, like, oh yeah, yeah. He definitely he's spending most of his money gonna be spent on us anyway. Like you got uh, a league I mean, minimum guy just just ripping him apart, right? Yeah, and I mean <laughs> we we use some discretion, but. We felt sorry for them because he's like, you're going to get it too now. Like, yeah, we're going to make him pay for dinner, but you're going to help. So, but hey, <laughs> like, you still going to add something. Like, we know it ain't going to be as big as his portion, but you still yeah. going to add something. So, yeah, but no. It, yeah. So, like, it's like having a little brother or sister or like, right. or like your son or daughter, like, basically telling you what to do. You're like, get the hell out of here, man. Right. Come on. And it, don't, and, it don't, and it really only lasts a year. Really yeah. not even a whole year, actually. And because I don't want it to seem like rookies get treated bad. Training camp, yeah, yeah. You don't know, you don't even know what time to be at the meetings or where where the where the, the equipment room is yet. But what like when you get to about the middle of season, week eight, nine, and yeah. we in the middle of a season and we battling, now the rookie stuff is gone. You ain't a rookie no more. We always say, like, once we start getting in the battle and you prove like like you cool and, and you play hard and you want to win too, come on, you in the family now. So, like I said, after about eight, by the time we get into eight game, now you in the family. We getting ready for the next rookies that come in, or we just trying to win. Like I say, like you in the family, you didn't, you didn't prove like you could come, you you could come to the, you come to casino night now, <laughs> you bring some of that money. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> now you talking and something to drink. <laughs> so one super quick one, um, the factor one here says, do you guys think the Raiders D line can give the Bears O line trouble similar to how the Browns did? Yes. Yeah. Absolutely, yes. That's, that's yeah. an easy one. Yeah, yeah. But in saying that, it's going to be, again, what is the play calling in this? Are you going to run the ball? Are you going to try to keep honest? Because if I remember right, I think he only got sacked one time against the Lions. Yeah. So, And he didn't really get hit as much, obviously, because he wasn't doing seven-step drops. Right. If they play that game, absolutely, it's, it's going to be a massive problem. But it is still Bill Lazor, so I would say that it's not going to be as big an issue. Um, what I do think is that they're going to run the ball outside a little more with Damian Williams and Khalil Herbert. Herbert, I think, might be a little more in the up the middle kind of guy. 
but I I can see Damian Williams really running outside of the lines, um, maybe pass catching, you know, yeah, quick like pass catching, quick throws to him. I can see Damian Williams really proving to what you know all of us what he really is and what he was in that Super Bowl with Kansas City. Yep. That's the guy that I'm looking for, and I slowly, even though he had that quad bruise. I slowly saw that at the end of the game coming out of him. I could see him getting those reps and getting stronger and getting more confident and putting him with a guy like Herbert, who I think Herbert could be more of a shifty, yeah, you know, sideline guy maybe, but I see Herbert going up the middle a little more than Damian because Damian to me is more of an outside running back. So to answer quick, um, absolutely yes, but I don't think it's going to be that big of an issue. I think the other side of the ball is the bigger issue. Yeah. But, oh wow! Really? <laughs> Y'all didn't even want to answer. I just, I, th- I think, I really you think that, the experts, not me. I, mean, I think, I really, I really think the Chicago Bears and the Raiders game plans gonna be similar. It's just gonna yeah. be whoever do it the best, really, and who make the least mistakes. I think they both gonna go in trying to control the clock with the run game, play action, hit you over the top if you give it to us. Try to get to each up to each quarterback because Derek Carr is the same way. If you get. Obviously, if you get pressure on him, he a different quarterback. Like he's shown that, so everybody knows that about him. Like you get pressure on him, so and I feel like the Raiders are gonna be the same way. Like, hey, this rookie, we gonna get to him. If we get to him and rattle him, we finna make him have to make decisions. So it's just basically gonna get down. They gonna run similar game plans. Whoever execute the best and make the least mistakes. That's what I feel like in the game. Absolutely. I don't. I don't think Gruden can let the Bears get into a track meet on that fast field, and. How dare he be the one to allow Justin Fields to get his first 300-yard game? Right, right, right. Possibly, you know, a touchdown or two or three, hopefully, passing. And we all know John Gruden is super, super old school. Right, right. And he's going to – The ball is going to be the issue. Yeah, he, he's going to – he'll he'll keep it away from you as much as possible before he'll let you just get into a track meet. So, I feel like I'm slowly changing your guys's um, – big concern going in this game the more i talk the more you guys agree with me i kind of like it you guys are supposed to be the experts here. <laughs> i mean i'm still going to look for the, the the war to be one in the trenches yeah oh well, yeah I, absolutely but i still think it's the off the raiders offensive line and our defensive line that's going to be that war but anyway we can we got a pregame show sunday we can talk about it then. Work. You're always welcome, by the way. If you want to, you don't have to. Just no pressure or anything. All right. Good. Good. <laughs> and I was just gonna say, like, I, I watched some of the show last night when y'all had Todd with Miller. Mm. Oh. I had sent, I had sent something. I had sent something on the chat, but I don't know if you saw it. But I was like, oh, because we used to call him Runway when he played when we played together. Oh. Okay. Because he because you know he's like a football player slash model. Yeah. <laughs> And he yeah. had a he actually had a billboard like when you was driving into downtown. We used to always say, "I see the the uh, billboard runway." So <laughs> I love it. Just sitting there talking, just like man. I'm That's why I was like, his nickname is Runway. So <laughs> I wish I'd have known that last night. I would have yeah. <laughs> never let him forget it, man. Hundred. But so anyway, we'll move on a little bit. One last quick Bears topic I got, and it's. It's a, it's a, eh, it's one of those kind of things. Jakeem Grant, you mentioned it just a little bit ago. We got Jakeem Grant from the Miami Dolphins for a sixth round pick, I believe. Yep. yep. Um, what do you guys see him as? Because what I see it as, as basically, it's you're moving Herbert 
up to the number two and relieving him of the return duties and having Grant solely do returns because I kind of looked at his numbers. He hasn't really done anything in the past game. I mean, heck, he's only – I think he had two kick returns this year, but he's had like eight punt returns. I think his his averages are um, seven-point yards a return on punts, on eight punts, and 23 yards on the kick, but that's only two. So do you guys see him as just a sole return guy? Because he even said in his interview today that he was like, I can play the slot. I can do all that. But the numbers just don't show that. So what do you guys think about that? I, I see him as just like a shiny little new toy. Like you got him for not a lot of – you didn't spend a lot of capital on him. Special though. teams pick. Like six right. to me are special teams picks. Right, which the Bears need all their picks they could get. But at the same time – yeah, like he just a he yeah. just a new, he just a new little shiny toy. He's gonna be a return guy. You may see him come in and do a little gadget, couple plays. Basically, do the like the Tariq Cohen type plays. Mm-hmm. Come in, just be that guy. He just a new little shiny toy. The offense could throw out and like you said, throw him out every now and then. And let him run a streak so the team gotta rep, uh, make sure they always acknowledge that we had a speed to get downfield. But other than that, I don't really. Like I say, he's just a piece that they picked up. And if he works, he works. And if he don't, they like, we only spent the six-round pick on him. So I looked at it a little deeper, and I probably shouldn't because I thought Khalil Herbert was doing pretty good on kickoff returns. And now if he did get bumped up to – well, he is bumped up to the number two, you know, for the next four or five weeks where you have to say, well, David Montgomery, we want to rest him as much as possible to make sure that he's good for the stretch. But – Jakeem Grant, Miami Dawson, what, a 4-2-4-3 guy, but he's like 5'6". 4.38. 4.38, yeah, and he's a five foot six guy. Like, that's not really moving me now. If he was like, ran a 4-3-8 and was 6'5", now, hey, let's <laughs> go. You know, now I'm excited, but. You know, wouldn't get him for no six-round pick, neither. <laughs> hey, look, <laughs> you know, Cordell Patterson is somewhere Hell, killing right now, you know. Absolutely. For real. So, Absolutely. I mean, if we if he gets lightning in a bottle one day and takes back a punt return, okay, yeah, bravo, we'll take it. Right, right. But I'm not I'm not moved. Right. Yeah. So okay, so yeah, that's we're all kind of feeling the same about that. He's he's just a guy. And to our friend here, uh Dark Spectra, you know, you only get a chance when you earn that chance. Just because you've been around in the league doesn't mean that that you earn the right to do that. So in saying that, I feel like maybe he hasn't practiced the same. Maybe his, you know, his game hasn't been the same as it was. A few years ago, he did have some good numbers, but he's he, he significantly dropped off, you know, not really getting the separation he once was. Not Maybe it's just he's just getting older. I think he's 29 or 30, like around close to that. So just because you've been around and done things doesn't give you the right to really earn the that spot over guys like a Marquise Goodwin, you know, guys that have been here the whole year and have practiced and earned the right to do that. He's going to have to earn the right. So you can't just show up and just expect it handed to you. He's got to want it and he's got to go take it. So anyway, he's not given a chance either because they got a kid in Miami called Waddle. <laughs> it's Jalen Waddle now. Jaylen though. Waddle. <laughs> well, I mean, that Jalen Waddle, Will Fuller is nowhere yeah. for him. Yeah, I'll say he just got bumped out the rotation. Yeah. So he has to he have to get away to get a chance. So he's not gonna get a chance when they drafting guys and got guys on the roster that's more talented than you. 
That's just mm-hmm. the nature of the, the beast. Yeah. So you're you're right, Dark. Okay. He said that tons of he said that tons of people don't get their shots for non-football reasons. They do. You're right. But this guy's 29. The guys that you're talking about are rookies, right. you know, second-year guys. You don't see 29-year-olds doing that. You just don't. And like, un- unless they're accomplished, like you know, massively accomplished in the league, I just don't see that. And yes, you can say that there's a lot of dumb coaches and scouts. <laughs> yeah. I'm not saying you're wrong, Dark. But what I'm saying is that most logical teams – don't just let people show up and just throw them in unless they're an established name. Okay. So I'm a, I'm going to say the football, like the real side of it. Yeah, please. That's wherever, why you're here. <laughs> wherever, wherever, I'm just going to be truthful. Yes. A lot of time. And this, uh, this goes a lot in the NFL, like wherever you drafted or wherever they consider, like consider your talent level when you came in the league is where they always going to play you at. Like, I'm sorry. Like if you're a yeah. six round kid or a late pick, and you just do average stuff. You always gonna be considered like a a chess piece. Like, oh, we could move and we could always be throw them in the trade. When you're a high, when you're a high draft pick, they give you every chance in the world before they finally say, okay, he'll yeah. buck. You are gonna get chances, and that's just how it goes. Like, is right. it fair? No. Have I seen a lot of kids that great talent and they just get squeezed out the NFL because of numbers? It'd be so many kids, receivers, cornerbacks. Where they be like, oh, this kid, he be playing, he play hard. But when they start crunching the numbers, because it's always gonna come down to the money and the numbers. Mm-hmm. So talent, yeah, talent says something. That's what gets you to the league. But at some point, you're gonna get caught in the numbers game. If you're on a team and you ha- they have three good players and they playing them, and you like the fifth or sixth person, even though you're a good a good player, you still it's just you are a man out, and that's just how it works. Like it's not fair. And like I say, you see a lot of kids, he's like, man, he just get a chance. But he's not going to get a chance when you got three guys or four guys in front of him that he can't beat out. And that's just that's just the nature of this business. The pretty stuff, the pretty part is watching on TV and the games and the high rah-rah and the fans. But the real part of the football is that that's the real part of the football. Right. Players yeah. don't get a chance. And you do be like, man, if I would have just got a chance to play, now I'm on to my next team. So that's why they always say, once you get on the field, I don't care if you get on that for two plays. Make them the best two damn plays that anybody mm-hmm. going to watch on film. That's that's all you could do. That's just how the game goes. Yeah, our our friend of uh, the network, Rashid Davis, he told us a lot about that. He, he yeah. You know, him, him coming up, having to grind, work his yeah. way through the league the same way and making something of himself. That's not easy for guys like him, you know. And But, you know, I get your point, Work. I do. I just still feel like nobody's just going to show up on a team and just, you know, command that respect that that quick from the coaching staff, unless you're an established name. Well, and like you said, not that guy. It's not like you were a first round talent and failed to three or four. Right. You know, you kind of like we're just like, oh, you're fast. Let me check you out. Yeah. Like if a guy like, okay, who's who's a a free eight like Larry Fitzgerald, obviously, who's not the same guy he was. But if he walks in that locker room, he's gonna get respect immediately. That's the kind of guy I'm talking about. Yes, physically not the same, but you know, mentally he's still there. He can still catch anything. Mm-hmm. And he's going to immediately impact your team. And they're all going to respect him just for who he is and what Absolutely. He's on the table. Right. So anyway, we gotta get rolling on this guy. So Next, we have a little word from John Darren. 
Hi, I'm Jonathan Darren, licensed real estate broker with Cobble Banker Real Estate Group in Homer Glen. Are you looking to buy or sell? Have you been disappointed in the past? The Jonathan Darren team with Cobble Banker Real Estate Group focuses on providing you with a concierge level of service during the process of buying or selling. We are a service-oriented team with a fresh and professional approach to selling real estate. Our goal is to combine knowledge, skills, and passion to exceed our clients' expectations, and most of all, we truly care. We are a knowledgeable real estate team focused on offering expertise and innovative solutions for our clients. The Jonathan Darren team has five full-service real estate brokers and a dedicated full-time marketer servicing all of Chicagoland. We will customize a detailed plan around your timeline for a sale, purchase, investment, estate, or other needs. Real estate transactions can be stressful, but don't need to be. Let us handle it for you. Visit our website, homesbyjdt.com, or call 708-308-1938 today. Expect better in real estate. Choose the Jonathan Darren team. That was our guy, Jonathan Darren, from the Colwell Banker Real Estate Group down at Homer Glen. Guys, again, you guys looking for a great place around the Chicagoland area. Dude's a great guy. Humble as they come. Go talk to him today. And now everyone's favorite segment. What are you guys watching? What are you watching? And what are you watching again is brought to you by the John Darren team. Guys, what are you watching? Warwick, what are you watching? Because I don't feel like you were ready for that question last week when I asked you. So. <laughs> I, I wasn't because I'm like, <laughs> I was like, I'm not a T, I'm not a big TV guy. I'm either watching, I'm either watching sports or like podcasts. Remember, I, yeah, I, I don't but that's watch. okay to say. It's right, okay. right. It's just so, whatever you're okay. watching. So really, can it can it be a t- can it be a movie? be any damn thing you want okay it can so, be porno if you want i don't care hey. it can be Big seven i i honestly don't care as long as it's something you're watching man wait give we're, gonna, it you we're gonna have to go deep into the season before we get out to that <laughs> yeah. i'm still i'm still feeling y'all out right now no what i was gonna say was what i'm what i'm gonna be watching actually and it comes out tonight that i want to watch is the new james bond movie Oh, yeah, I forgot nope. about that. No time to die. So yeah. tonight is like you could watch it early. And actually, that's what I was gonna say. Like, that's what I'm watching later in a couple hours, actually. So that's why I was like, I could get this, I can get the podcast out the way and then go watch that like the little yeah. late night show. So that's what I'm that's what I'm interested in to watch because now you know movies are coming back and I love movies. Thank so God. Movies are starting to come back and it's finally something else to watch besides just podcasts and YouTube videos and <laughs> right. <laughs> Just watching us on Chicago Clubhouse podcast. Just right, right. Making fools of ourselves, right, JB? <laughs> <laughs> JB, what are you watching? So clearly once uh, once we get off, I'm going to check out some of the uh, Thursday night game. But I'm actually watching Marvel's What If. Nerd alert, nerd alert. Right, I watched right. a little bit of that too. It's pretty good. I watched the first couple episodes. Yeah, so I'm uh, they a new episode just came out. I want to say yesterday. Do you know what the, um, you know what it's about? Uh, oh, absolutely. It's um so for those comic book heads, a guy named The Watcher 
All right. of us, all three of us are nerds here. So, so please. Yeah. So, you know, the watch is never supposed to actually do anything. Uh, yeah, yeah. Observe and record. He's yeah. actually going to put his hand in to stop Ultron, who got the Infinity Stone. So, you're going to throw down? Ooh. Okay. Yeah. Oh, wow. See, see, you know what I like? I like what if I just didn't want to say that because I was like, man, I ain't going to say I watch, I ain't going to be said I watch a comic book book, uh, cartoon. But I'm full. I love, I, yeah, I love all that. Like, I, I'm into Marvel. Game of Thrones. I'm what I am. <laughs> Marvel, Game of Thrones, all that junk, man. Ooh, get, get that's me be, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but no, that's going to no, be, no. be a good one, too. The, uh, House of Dragons. Uh, yeah, good cool. one. They actually had the trailer come out the other day. I yeah. shared it on Facebook, and yeah, I yeah. blew up. Oh, my God, I'm ready for that. It looks yeah, amazing. Nice. Out, the, out the gate, it looks amazing. Right, right. So what I'm watching is a show called Midnight Mass on Netflix. And it's about um, like a small island community that's had some problems, really, with um, like oil spills and stuff. It's It's a lot of fishermen. But this new preacher comes to town and all this weird stuff happens. And like, you know, like they have a whole bunch of cats that are around the area and all of them just die. And like just like all this weird stuff starts happening when this new preacher comes to town. So they're like trying to figure out right right now, like what's going on. One of the main um, one of the main members actually gets in a car accident. He's a drunk driver that actually kills someone and every night when he goes to bed he sees this girl's face it's super creepy it's a super <laughs> super creepy like scary type show if you like that kind of stuff um i'm just getting to the part now where they're where they're showing you what's what's really going on like the main character saw this like weird odd big figure like in the rain on the beach running and he was running away from him and then the next day there's a bunch of dead cats and you just see this giant figure of a person who's just like lurking around the whole island but he hasn't really come out and done anything yet but it's super suspenseful and i'm super into it so far <laughs> and I'll give you a report on it later, but I'm about three episodes in, but it's getting real good. So right. I'm a big scary show guy too. So right, right. And it's I'm the month, it's October, so you know it's that time of the month. It is. It's 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 Halloween season, guys. Yeah. I think my girlfriend's down there watching uh Nightmare Before Christmas for the eight thousandth time this <laughs> week. She Halloween kills next week. She will watch that shit all year long. If I let her, she'd watch it every night. Like she loves it that much. Like, like sometimes I'll come home and it's just on, and like she's just walking around the house doing stuff. Like she just likes having it on. And I was that way too when I was a kid. And like I'll watch it now and again, but she will watch it every damn day if I let her. Oh my god. Do any of you have that problem with ladies just watching stuff like? religiously and it's the same stuff over and over and over again and you're like can we pick something new like like jb do you get that problem well i am the problem because i can't stop watching <laughs> <laughs> i'm my own problem uh, all right okay okay yeah so, I, I don't have i don't have that problem i'm single so yeah i was gonna say work you're still single aren't you yeah, yeah i'm single right now so okay I, probably the only thing i would say is my daughter watching uh Criminal Minds. She didn't watch every episode. She loved that show, Criminal Minds. Okay, yeah, so but she, at least it's different every time. Right, right. It's not, not when you, not when you, like you said, not when you didn't see every episode at least three times and you just yeah, watching the same. Uh, I mean, I sit there like, uh, you know what's going to happen. Like you already yeah. know who finna kill or what's going to happen. Why are you watching it? Find a new show. But she's like, no, I like it. So I understand that. 
yeah so let's let's move on to the end real quick guys quick spot quick sponsor real here moore's beer there was a time when high standards prevailed when excellent craftsmanship was displayed and treated with the utmost importance acquire the crisp refreshing taste of moore's beer moore's beer raise your standards So now we have the Moore's beer oh. poll question of the night brought to you nice, by Moore's nice, beer. Nice. Guys. <laughs> that black can work. It's yeah. gold. I'm telling you right now, it's got a smooth aftertaste. Non-beer drinkers I talk to, they drink it. Just <laughs> it's just got that. I don't know what it is. I can't even explain it. It's just got that smooth taste. That smooth, goes down good, smooth. Man. <laughs> it's one of those things where, you know, our buddy Terrence, he, he says, I could drink it all day. You know, just start early and drink it all day. I mean, I I don't know if I'm going to really promote doing that to our fans, but <laughs> I'm definitely going to tell you guys it is worth the buy. Go check it out around the Chicagoland area. If you're wanting to find out where, go to morrisbeer.com. So on to this poll question answer. And, guys, it was a landslide. So for the guys that are just jumping in, our poll question was now that Justin Fields is the starter going forward, what's the biggest concern going into the Raiders game Sunday? And your choices were run defense, offensive line, the game plan or pass defense. And you guys both said offensive line, correct? Right. And I stupidly said run defense, <laughs> which which was the lowest number run defense. And this is between Twitter and Facebook. And it was the same across the board. It was run defense last. Okay. It was the game plan third. Okay. Pass defense was second. And obviously everyone's concerned with over 50%, 55% of the Ooh. vote was offensive line. And this is over 200, I think 230 votes or so. Nice. so okay. Offensive line, everyone's big concern. For me, I'm still saying that 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 run defense has got to show up for me because John Gruden's going to pound the ball. But I guess we'll see. I mean, run run defense. It's still an important point. Like all all four of them are actually things that's a concern. Yeah, I just feel like the O line is going to kind of how the O line play comp- determines the success of Justin Fields and how they control the clock because that's going that's the biggest thing with me is who going to control the clock and. Who, what quarterback gonna control the game to where? Because I, I want I like how the Bears play against Detroit. Run the ball, keep the chains moving, give Justin Fields easy, like not easy targets, but you know like where they had protection, he had time to find people. Not this four wides out of five man protection where they screaming off the edge at him and he got to make a, a decision quick. Yeah, we had Tom Brady and those type of quarterbacks that that didn't season, they know everything's coming, but this kid needs some time just to catch up with the speed. Not saying he don't have the talent, but the mental part of the game, he got to catch up. So the O-line is important to me. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. JB, any closing thoughts on that? Again, for our people that are just worried about Justin Fields, I'm not comparing him to this Hall of Fame player, but I'm just saying, let's not forget, Peyton Manning had 27 interceptions his rookie year. Yep. Yeah. R-E-L-A. <laughs> right, right. And in saying relax, guys, I think I think that's the mic drop right there. So, guys, <laughs> that is all the time we got today. A big thank you to 
you know, our networks, 1252 Sports Chicago, Chicago Clubhouse Podcast. Guys, without you, it wouldn't be possible. Thank you to our sponsors, Jonathan Darren, Nick and Ivy Brewery, Moore's Beer. Thank you, guys. We couldn't do it without you. Again, we appreciate it. Uh, make sure that you're checking out our shows, guys, 1252. We've got tomorrow, we've got a new fantasy show that's on Sunday. It's starting on Fridays now mm-hmm. at 7 o'clock Central Standard Time. We've got 8 o'clock, the over-under with Harry the Greek. Great, <laughs> great. He's 15-4, and four, I think, with football the past three weeks. There's Harry right at the end of the show. Harry jumps in and says hi in the chat. <laughs> What's up, Harry? Hey, so, Harry. Also, also, Sunday, again, we've got – Bears fans with a game brain pregame show. Hopefully, Warwick might jump in. Maybe I'm going to keep pressuring him. Me and JB will be breaking down the game. We're going to have fans chiming in from Vegas. I almost said Oakland. I didn't. (laughs) After that Sunday night, we've got David Kaplan with his show, The Schuster Express. And Monday, we've got, again, Fred Huber with Hubes, Views, and Brews. Tuesday, Chicago Clubhouse Podcast. We've got a great guest. Not going to tell you who it is, but he's in radio and he has his own bear show. It's a must listen. I promise you guys. And then Wednesday, Fat Mike is back <laughs> with Alex Brown coming in. Hey, Hopefully I can Mike enough to let me come in on that one. He says, I'm, I'm, I'm getting to the point where I'm on the network a little too much. I went from not being on at all to being on every damn show. So (laughs) maybe I get lucky and get in. But, guys, again, thank you all. We couldn't do it without you. And for me, myself, Warwick Holman, and JB, thanks, guys. And we will see you next week or hopefully Sunday. Have a good one. Thank you.